This week on the Push Ball Loads podcast, we talk about deadlifting, squatting, and do we really need to? Also, the job interview. Where do you see yourself in 10 years? To me and Dan. Three, two, one. Yes, I'm surrounded by bridles, Dan. Hey guys, welcome to the Push Pull Legs podcast with myself, Damik. And me, Tom Hall. What's going on, bro? Yeah, Tom, Tom said he was in his parents' office. It looks like an <laughs> S&M room. I don't think it's an office. It's your parents' S&M room, no, Tom. Um, yeah, I'm in my parents' little office, like little bit space thing. He's got like He's got like chains and stuff hanging behind him, like leather whips and straps and stuff that... Like you could, you could probably tie someone up with like some kind of torture thing. I mean, what they get up to when I'm not here, it's. Uh, it's well, that's what I mean, mate. That's what I mean. <laughs> you think it's the little office? I don't think I'm the little. Truthfully, they're bridles for horses, which I just had to explain what one was to Dan. Um, for horses, sure, but they could yeah, also be yeah, used. Yeah, yeah. Just, of course, they could. Yeah, why? Why couldn't they be used on humans? <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Um, yeah, why do they keep? Why do they keep them inside in the little office? <laughs> keep them it's outside. a long walk to the stables, mate. You got to walk oh, all the way it? down the garden. So oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they have to go all the way to the stables to get them, bring them yeah, back. Yeah, to bring back. Yeah, so leave them there. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, Tom's a bit grouchy today, guys, because he's had a long day at work and he's feeling down about how how hard he's working and how <laughs> tired he is. No, I'm commuting at the moment, and it is long. I, I normally commute, this is, but this is a longer commute. So, so what do you do on your commute? Just sit sit down on the train, isn't it? It's just is longer. Just, is it just sitting down, it's is it? Longer, it's just sitting down, though, is right. it? It's just sitting down, no, is it? It's just, it's just the fact that there's like more modes of transport to take over a longer period of time. You people who commute for over an hour, like, what are you doing? Like, just, just move closer. <laughs> <laughs> or just get... I'm only like, doing this till Thursday, but yeah, just, it's just... Or just pretend that you've got a job like me and just work from home. This, that is fine, sounding incredibly attractive at the moment. Yeah, I, just, I know, right? Yeah, that's like, <laughs> like, like, he's, just, he's just jealous of me just, now. He's just grabbing. So like, guys, yeah, fuck it. I'm going to just start on my online training massively. Um, <laughs> screw all the clients I have in person. Yeah, just, just online. Be fine. I'm going to charge mm-hmm. uh, £10 more than Dan just to, just to cut him up. So. Yeah, why not, mate? You might yeah. as well. Everyone, everyone else does. <laughs> might as well. They just forget. Thing. They just forget the five years of work that goes before it. <laughs> uh, no, don't need that. Don't need that. No, you don't need that, mate. No, yeah. don't need that. So I will be ever slightly angsty and annoyed. Also, I'm, sit- I'm sitting down. I normally do the podcast standing up, um, moving around. So Dan can't. He, he chasing me around the screen. Yeah, he does it sitting down the whole time. I don't yeah, know. I'm how lazy, do mate. Because I'm lazy. We've yeah. established this. That's why I'm like. I do it standing up so I can move. Um, so this is very unnatural for me. Everybody seen me present, I move a lot. Um, very strange. Because basically this is what it is, I'm presenting to Dan. So this basically is going to be, uh, you know, the roles are going to be reversed here. Tom's going to be the grouchy, ranty one. Probably, yeah, 100%. Go off on yeah. one and be pissed off. <laughs> I'm going to be like, oh, calm down, mate. All right. I've got water, water, and uh, this. Cold brew coffee with almond. Who are you? Who even are you? <laughs> It's good. Oh, almond milk coffee. Come no, on, I. Dr- you you were like drinking oat milk coffee the other day, and I was draw the line at that because you told me it's amazing. But I know that almond milk coffee isn't amazing because I tried it myself. No, it's good, mate. I'll get you get you some. When you oh. come to London, when you bring my shoes back, thief. 
<laughs> like I stole them, you left them in my No, house. Dan stole my other shoes. He stole you stole my uh, my flip flops. You p- literally put my yeah, flip flops. I actually literally, <laughs> but they are literally. identical to mine. So yeah, so that's fine. Let me off. Mm. All right, so we have things to talk about. We've already stumbled around for five minutes without even doing anything. You know, we're meant to do a short episode. Can't see that happening, but all right. Um, what's been going on in your world as well? I didn't realize. I mean, yeah, you, you don't even care, mate, do you? Nah. You just came on here straight away moaning about your, <laughs> moaning about your life and how tired you are. Um, nothing, to be fair, though. To be fair, nothing's going on. Nothing crazy, great. so there you cool. go. Yep, new YouTube video out. Go watch it if you haven't watched it already. Um, other than that, nothing. Nothing crazy's going on, mate. Just cracking on, you know? Just working with my clients. They're all doing amazingly well. We've got our photo shoot in November. All of them. All of them. You want to call out one? Oh, there's, there's, lo- there's loads I could call out. I just got to say, <laughs> I mean, I just got to say they're all doing amazingly well. Um, but yeah, no, everything's all good. Everything's all good. Yeah, I've got some. Oh, what we got? Good luck to anybody who's uh, got me for interviews on Thursday. If you're listening to this, um, if you haven't listened yeah, to it, fuck me. He's going to be in a bad mood. So <laughs> just bring him a coffee and a cinnamon bun, uh, and I hope for the best. That's yeah, all I'm going to say. Nine till something until we decide to finish. Um, I've already got a bunch of names, so you might be listening. Don't know what's, what's going yeah. on. Um, well, I'll just I'll just be sat at home, mate. John, I'll wake up, have a coffee, and just start just sit at my desk to do it. But it, Don't Pretty don't worry about your don't worry about your hour and a half commute or whatever you've got. Yes. Canary Wharf from Canary Wharf from Thursday, that's fine. <sighs> it's even busier. And then I'll fall asleep. <laughs> it's awful. Um yeah, it'll be fine. But I'm gonna cricket on Friday, so drunk. I'll be good. I will be drunk. Drunk. You will yep, be drunk. T twenty cricket. Not gonna, not gonna lie. Um I'm with five old uni friends. I'm gonna be drunk. Um Yep. Fun, mate. Fun. Drowning your sorrows, mate, isn't it? <laughs> from from your fucking commute by the sound of it <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be back in London by then so we'll be alright the commute will be cool. back to about half an hour nice, so nice. bearable bearable that is that's my that's my cut off point half an hour to 45 minutes oh Jesus that's enough time for me to be by myself <laughs> Daniel's smirking at me so <laughs> you're like you are unbelievable Brilliant. first world problems I know it's unreal right <laughs> Um, right, we're going to talk about some of the workshop stuff we've done previously. Dan want to talk about, not sure why, but yeah, just bring ideas to the table, wouldn't you, mate? Well, yeah, I just knew you'd be disappointed if I had nothing to say. Yeah, so I, I, thought, was, well, at least I was, was going to be. I was, I, was, I was waiting and for I was it. Waiting I, was, to <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I could have done this and like, thought about it, but I, I shoved the podcast mate, you could. Mate, do you know what you could have done was, you could have done it on that? your commute, which is long enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> could have got work done, brilliant. No, what I was doing was research. I was listening to somebody else's podcast. Um, it was about the NFL, but uh, it doesn't really matter. So that, that starts So you, you, were you learning how to do a good one? How to do a good podcast. good podcast? Exactly. Yeah. How to get let me, let me know when you've cracked it. Yeah. <laughs> One <laughs> subscriber. That's, that's how, how many we need. Um, so, <laughs> so let's talk about. Was it you? You want to kind of vaguely talk about how within some of the workshop stuff we did, and watch your space for any of that kind of stuff to happen um, again. Will be kind of. I've. I've. I wrote down ongoing assessments and what we mean by that with clients, uh, especially for one-to-one or online basis. Um, and then you want to kind of relay into why you shouldn't train like a bodybuilder and maybe deadlifts and squats and stuff aren't all the be-all and end-all. Mm. And then I'm going to run I, th- I, I, just think there's, I just think there's an assumption that, like, in, like, I get it sometimes from clients when I write a program for them and they're like, oh, why are back squats like my program? And 
like for example, I just had a client who signed up and on his training plan, he was previously doing um, his back squat to like a bench or to a box. Yeah. And that's how he's doing his back squat. Now, I've not seen his back squat video yet. He's got to send it over to me. But straight away, my assumption straight away is that his depth probably isn't great. There's a reason he's squatting to the box, which is maybe that he can't reach good depth. So he's got a, a marker there to go with. So straight away, I would probably go, right, for him, I would go straight off the bat. I'd go, right, leg press, Bulgarian split squat, probably as the two go-tos in terms of his leg, like quad dominant movements. But the question you would get would be, well, why don't you back squat with someone? Or why don't you front squat? Or why don't you do a, you know, double, a bilateral squat or whatever? And it's just this assumption that you need to do these movements. Same with deadlifts. Like, you need to do these movements to somehow see progress. And I was thinking the other day, like a lot of my clients recently... I've actually not programmed back squats or deadlifts because I don't, I don't think that they can perform them to the to the best of the ability that they, you know, that's safe and can load them properly and, and that I'm happy with, to be honest. And I think that you can learn the movements and you can learn other things by doing RDLs. You can get great hamstring glute development doing RDLs. You don't have to do deadlifts. You can still get good back development doing lat pull downs, rack pulls, things like that. I just think there's this obsession with having to do certain exercises that just annoys me a little bit. Um, so yeah, I just thought we could talk about it. Like. I think the the big two, yeah. The, well, I just did a a workshop today, and it was it was about it was on the bilateral progressions of of the lower body, right? So hinge movements, so all stuff from hip thrusts to deadlifts in that progression, that continuum that we talk about in our workshop, right? And then the progression of uh, lower body push stuff, which is all bilateral squat movements. And then I did actually say I. I, I have 15 regular clients right now, and one of them, one of that 15, is using a Olympic bar to deadlift, and that's not even from the floor. So mm. that's that's one person who's vaguely deadlifting with an Olympic bar. That's from a small block. Um, and then of those clients, I have one full back squatting, and then that's it. None of yeah. them, nobody else is doing though that that big big movement because there's all way way too many different variables. Also, with that with the lad who's uh, bot squatting, is there? Uh, by the way, people might walk in, or clearly the dog is uh, wanting to come in. Can you hear that? Yeah, I can hear your yeah, dog. Yeah, hear your dog. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's Robbie going crazy. By the way, I've realised I could probably just let him in. But yeah, you could just let him in, couldn't you? Could just let him in, but, um, but yeah, no, I think, I think it's one of those things where, like, it's saying that you have to deadlift or squat to get strong is like saying you have to cut carbs to lose weight, right? Yes. It's like, no, like, you can squat and deadlift and get strong, just like you can cut carbs and lose weight, but you can also eat carbs and lose weight. So you can also not do squats and deadlifts and get strong. Um, it's just the assumption that you have to do them or, you know, the variations of them have to be alongside your program or, or whatever. Just. It just annoys me a little bit. I don't know why. It just annoyed me this week for some reason. Um, much like the same with bench press and, and stuff like that a bit more. But more so the deadlift and squat gets talked about more than anything about leg day. You have to do that to train legs. You have to do that to get strong or to be powerful or to jump higher or to run faster. And you just don't. Like You just don't have to at all. Um, and, and like you said, I think from a personal training point of view, and again, this comes down to demographics. This is our demographic. Because um, our demographics probably somewhat similar more similar than 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 either of us are to bodybuilders for example yeah um it is about getting them to move freely with a good range of motion and remain injury free like that's the predominant like the goal for a lot of people then it's obviously get strong that sort of stuff um but i've a lot of people just fuck themselves up back squatting deadlifting 
and it's completely unnecessary for them because, like you said, they're not powerlifters. They're not trying to break records. They're not trying to do all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, they're just people that want to get stronger and fitter, you know, lose a little bit of weight, retain some muscle, build some muscle potentially. Um, and you just don't need to to have to program back squats, deadlifts, you know, into, into your program to make progress. Um, and I think the quicker that PTs and anyone who goes to the gym gets out of that mindset, the better because you're you're just ruining your relationship with training because again if you're programming them for people and they just don't like them like how many trainers ever ask their clients or how often they ask their clients do you enjoy this exercise do you enjoy this training session do you enjoy yeah. this do you enjoy that because if they come and hate in it then they're not going to want to do it like granted not many people like doing bulgarian split squats um but again it's about finding the um the things that they do enjoy and maybe maybe they love back squatting right maybe they love back squatting and that's great right but you've got to make sure and teach them and coach them to a place where they can then do that properly, not just throw it in because they enjoy it. So again, there's obviously a caveat to that. But um, it's interesting because those those two exercises that are held, like barbell back squat and barbell deadlifting, they are held at such high esteem. Yet they're the two exercises that beat you up the most mm. uh, from doing. So kind of. I don't know, longevity, but intensity of training is very hard to upkeep with those two things. And generally speaking, if I were to do in, if I would be doing any kind of strength based with somebody, if I'm training powerlifters, for example, mm-hmm. I'm only going to pick, I'm going to pick one of those to be heavy each week. And the other one's not going to be because I just physically, if, if you're not on, uh, if you're not on gear, I feel like that's going to be you're going to be completely beaten up from a session doing deadlifting or back squatting, or they're going to be so far apart. Like I'm going to give you have to give you five days rest for you to actually hit the intensities that probably are applicable for you to make progress. Mm. Which is very tough when you get to like an intermediate or advanced level. That is um, just a just an inkling on on your lad that's uh, squatting to a box. Um, does people understand the difference between box squatting and squatting to a box yeah so it said on the plan to a bench squatting to a bench so i assume that's why i assumed it was um it was only like i said on his initial thing um which is why i assumed it would be um not a box squat for example (laughs) um yeah because like i think there's a there's a misconception of of people squatting to box and then box squatting is uh two different things um especially cool. probably probably box squatting was popularized by westside barbell really and yeah so squat to bench so yeah i'm assuming it's, it's so not i think not, it doesn't say box squat to if bench if anybody so. says box squat then probably not <laughs> box squatting is like driving your hips as far back as possible you're kind of hitting at a I don't know, very 90 degree angle lots of hip flexion and it almost looks like a good morning box squat and you're resting yeah. off that bit and it's usually yeah. loft, like an angle. Squatting to a box is generally you're going to in between or a safety marker where somebody has no kind of proprioception of where their mm. kind of butt wink starts and you're probably going to somewhere in between there. So there's safe depth, as it were, yeah. as a, a trainer would say. This is a safe depth to go to. We can't squat any deeper than this. We probably can. No, we definitely can. Um, but this is the can. depth that I'm going to take you to, which is perfectly legitimate. It's absolutely fine, but it's a safety measure, and you're not going to have any rock back. I generally say if I'm squatting to a box, that's their kind of it's their visual cue, and I will only want about thirty percent of their weight to ever go through that box, 
Um, and they're going to keep their torso position exactly the same, unlike a butt squat. Look it up, people. Yeah, there's just like a massive disconnect between seeing, you know, a back squat or seeing someone do a bilateral movement not particularly brilliantly and just taking it right back and going, right, can you, you know, in terms of single leg variations of those movements where you drastically reduce the load, it's easier to get into the right positions. Not even that. I was going through the bilateral ones today and... With the with the discussion of is a this this is always a caveat is a bodyweight squat a progression or a regression of a light goblet squat? Is it? Don't know. Can it be? Depends on perspective. Personally, mm-hmm. I think I think a bodyweight squat is actually harder than maybe mm-hmm. like a five percent loaded um, yeah. goblet squat. Just based counter off, weight. yeah, counterbalance, counter movement, or yeah. giving yourself a set of abs basically being able to obtain something called the canister position pretty much straight out. And you can go from there, but then where's the... So within that, so you've got kind of a bodyweight squat, a goblet squat, and then you can offset it. All three of those you can do squat to some sort of depth, like bot squatting. So there's six variations straight out that you can progress however you like. And then you've got... So from the goblet, there's no reason why we can't really load that quite heavy. I mean, we've talked about this previously, right? Mm. We're quite big fans of smashing out goblet squats at a pretty decent weight. Or is it like 25 to 35% mm. of your body weight? And then mm-hmm. this is one of the tests with John Rushen, right? Um, just to smash, was it 25 reps? 20 reps? Yeah, good luck with that. That, that was the challenge. 25 <laughs> reps at 25 to 30% of your body weight. Go do it now, guys. See what you can do. It. It's tough. Mm-hmm. Very tough. It's tougher than you think it would be. It is tougher than you think about. Yeah. So everyone's definitely going to be easy. You. So what is that? Twenty-five percent of your body weight down. About ten kilos. Ten, ten kilos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're already there, Jesus. <laughs> so predictable. I know. Um, yeah. Then you can go into then you, they switch stimulus into like front rack stuff. Start using kettlebells to manipulate, um, and then that can still be just anterior loaded more than anything else. Or right, biggest cue for people's goblet squats as well. And elbows flaring all the, over the place. Just tuck them in and then make sure your elbows hit the inside of your knees. Please do that, mm-hmm. please. Clears everything up. Loads of stuff. Clears loads of stuff down there. Pet peeve. Um, it's like, where are these elbows going? All over the place. And then they're hitting valgus or their knees aren't going anywhere. Just, just slot them. It slots lovely in. You get a nice bit of varus. Hip opens out. Slots perfectly, doesn't it? Mate? I know, it's perfect. It's like built like that. Um, then, it, you, then you go on to like front squats because the only... Really, it's like front rack kettlebells. You used to do a lot of those um, mm-hmm. front rack kettlebell stuff, especially yeah. to a box as well. I remember one of your clients, Henrik, doing them. It's good. I loved it. <laughs> um, and then you go into like barbell front squats, which I was doing today. Dan refuses to do at all times. Robbie's back. And then um, if your gym has them, then like safety bar squats. Start using some of those weird bars before you start using a barbell on your back. Mm. camera bars that kind of thing safety bars are like amazing especially with the I think what people decide over front squats is they don't aren't being able to hold a clean grip which I get Mm. so go to a safety bar 100% do that before you back squat because the chances are you can't hold a clean grip you're going to suck holding that back squat grip as well Mm. where that scrap is sitting yeah I just think it's just I just think barbells are so unforgiving do you know, like, and people are just so quick to try and stick them on their back or 
pick them up and they just don't understand how how difficult the technique is there's nowhere there's no room there's nowhere to go whereas even if you did an rdl but you did it with dumbbells instead of a barbell you've just got more movement like you your body is more likely to move where it wants yeah. to move whereas the barbell is quite fixed same with dumbbell pressing over barbell pressing um so there's no different with back squatting it's no different like if you had two dumbbells and you're going to do reverse lunges you're going to be able to move in a far better way than if you just stuck the bar on your back and you can't really go anywhere um, and people need to understand that degrees of freedom thing where like the amount of shit that can go wrong and how fixed the bar is and, and how your body is trying to create space while you're putting you know a barbell on its back or picking it up or whatever. It's the shearing force angle. Like it's the, the, the further away the barbell is moving from your lower back, I mean like horizontally, that's the more shearer force that you're going to go to your lower back, especially in this massive endeavor thing. And that's the issue for when people hurt their back is because the barbell is not set right underneath their lower back the whole time or as mm. close to. It generally travels away from it and then it's something called shearing force, which is only going to create tension because your back is basically trying to draw or your core is trying to draw the barbell back to you at all times. But obviously that takes effort. So that's when you start to buckle. Um, mm. It's not good. No bueno. So... No. Mm. Yeah, Dan. Also, That's what it, mate. we want to talk about in terms of bodybuilding, you can hundred percent can make the same progress because we reverted it as soon as me and you trained together last week. Mm. Mm. We just did machine-based exercises. We did front squats and back squats. Um, yeah. So I wanted to front squat, and, and Dan didn't want to do either of them, and I just wanted to front squat. So. Yeah, it's not even about whether, you know, like I said, with the with the train like a bodybuilder, it's not even about whether you use machines or stuff like that. It's more a case of like the way that they train or program, you know, for themselves. And I yeah. just think that I, I'm really moving more towards, a, with myself anyway, a full body approach. Like every time I go in the gym, I'm doing, like I say, a, um, a quad dominant, a hamstring dominant um, movement, a push and a pull. And that's probably that's it as long as i do that and i rotate through vertical horizontal you don't rotate you don't rotate then no not no not like that i mean yeah i just think it's one of those things where like people again when it comes to, to everyday you know people that you're training it just is not necessary for most people to do like more than certainly more than two exercises for a body part yeah, but I'll most people like, on a session, you don't need to do two chest exercises. Most again, this is most people I'm talking about here, um, because again, based on like minimum effective volume or whatever I don't know, MEV is it? Whatever they decide to call it, um, I think it's like twelve sets of body parts. So if you do, if you train three times oh, a week, if you do three times a week and you do chest four sets of chest on each day you train, that's yeah. enough. Like you don't need to do two exercises. Um, and I think that if people realize that, I, th I think it's also that thing that people are scared to do it in case they lose their gains. Like it's easy for me to sit here and say it because I'm doing it and I'm not, and I'm actually seeing myself get stronger and get bigger. I was until I, until I started um, playing more sport and having to reduce weight training. But I was doing three sessions a week, full body and seeing strength gains, seeing gains in, in, in muscle um, from doing it. And I think it's that thing of when people don't do it, there's an assumption, oh, I don't want to lose my gains, I want to do it, and, and you just have to trust it and do it, and you realise, actually, you, you can make good progress doing it. And I think once people have done that, and once they have seen the progress, they actually prefer it to doing, like, a push day or a pull day or whatever. Um, and, and I think that's the, the beauty of, um, 
a full body worker and, and not training like a bodybuilder per se. Yeah. Um, I think it, it's really useful. Perfect. Basically, that's all I wanted to say. Do you know what I mean? And on the, on the caveat, there's, there's nothing wrong with chasing those big lifts, especially. So today, I ended up teaching like a 45 minute deadlift seminar based off the fact that I just wanted to go through. There was a lot of maybe questionable deadlift patterns, um, mm. which which is absolutely fine because it probably just hadn't been taught. And it did highlight the fact that me, well, obviously in terms of teaching some trainers, um, but maybe um, it's seeking advice from, I realize I'm putting myself in that category, but <laughs> advice from people who are then who have probably competed at a, some sort of level, especially within those big lifts. If you want to go and do those lifts, go see someone who's probably spent some time underneath the bar for a, a while because mm. there's there i realized probably i'm yeah when probably i was training with you dan about mm. three four years ago i think we probably sucked to where we we can like do stuff with barbells now in terms of creating tension understanding where the barbell should be at different places mm. and gripping it and blah 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 all this kind of stuff and certain cues that really really work and get you set in position properly based off your anatomy but we were sucked back then and we were probably only a probably two, three years trained properly-ish, yeah. not even that. But it was probably when I started training with John Clark and realizing and spending every single session with a barbell in my hand um, that you started to get it. But that was because I had a goal of going to compete, and then that was it. Um, so if you want to go and mop up, then yeah, go find someone who maybe has done that, spent enough time under the barbell so they can respect what you're doing, um, that kind of stuff. And they'll be able to make quick, easy decisions based off your anatomy and how you set up and what's going on. And you'll be like, this is the best. This is what happened when I saw Clarkie and when we when we saw uh, Tony Gentlecore as well for the first time mm. and Dean Somerset, he switched me to semi-sumo and straight off and then pulled a PR there and then. Like, yeah. All right. Well, why have I been doing this, and why has no one told me about this before? Yeah, <laughs> it's a moron. Clearly, um, but it does happen. Seek advice from that. Yeah, hundred percent. And if you want, if you're in an area, then reach out to Dan, and then uh, he'll he'll coach <laughs> you. <laughs> you're like, no, no, no. <laughs> no, but it's, it's it's cool stuff to geek out geek out on, and I think you yeah, just see a lot of people struggling with it, you know, and just. Like I said, people sort of say all the time, like, oh, I'm getting low back pain, I'm doing this. Well, stop doing it then. Like, <laughs> you don't have to deadlift. Um, you know, there's just so many ways to, to do things, and I just think that we're just so ingrained to, like I said, do things because we think we should. Um, and that's just what I wanted to talk about, basically. <laughs> you also wanted to talk about small isolates. So Dan is uh, gorging himself on... Mate, I, I tell you what, is, this is your fault. This is your fault because <laughs> ever it? since... It is your fault because you were talking about it was a podcast before a podcast. And you were like, "Oh, you were eating a mini Magnum," and you were like, "Oh, these yeah. are the way four. These are so good um, <laughs> because you get so much choice and variety." So then, ever since then, on the food shop, we've been getting them because we're getting twisted Rizzle anyway. Yeah, and like, and I've, I've always been partial to a twister, but I just have one. But then now I'm like, okay, I'm getting like the Hagendorf salted caramel peanut butter crunch, like the Magnums, and like, and now I'm like, well, I'm gonna have four different ice creams of an evening. For 400 calories, and it's like I get four different ones. Yeah, yeah. But, and I'm just like smashing through them. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. I'm like, no, this is not good. Um, so I'm not buying anymore after that. Also, have you done like, because uh, Hagen does do the like mini tubs as well, right? 
and you get like four different flavors within the mini tubs. Yeah, but like it's the, little, it's the, it's the stick, isn't it? You know? It's just the easy. It's just easy on a stick. It's easy on a stick, but they are good as well because they're just like this little craving. They're almost like as small as like uh, you know when you go to the theater and you get like a yeah. ice cream like that, and you're like, oh, that's good. Just just enough, just enough to. Then I realize I'll probably eat all four, but yeah, <laughs> probably just yeah. should have bought a big tub. But still. It's good, man. Something about the little ones. It's just it's yeah. good. Yeah, the little little things. They're yeah, hundred percent. I'm, I'm really all over that. <laughs> so the other thing you wanted to talk about, mate, was I've written the job interview on my notes. The job interview. The job interview. Because um, oh, someone asked you, is this? Yeah, well, one of my clients came to see me today. Um, we we trained wow. and whatever but um yeah we just got on to the topic i suppose of like where i suppose we're at or i'm at or whatever like you're in the client was this a relationship talk yeah <laughs> where, where are we at where are where we going are we at? what are we doing here um <laughs> yeah no just like a bit of a you know just like we, we get on quite well we've, we've known each other for a long time like probably one of my first actually one of my first ever online clients probably um really yeah from btn like, probably yeah from btn days yeah wow yeah, legit. If anybody didn't know, Danny's a word beaten. Huh? If anybody didn't know. BTN. Oh, if anyone didn't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben Coomber. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, so my first ever client from, from one of my first ever clients from, from back then. Um, wow, they, I, your, your prices have rocketed up since then. Yeah, they are. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, he, he, he's a great guy anyway. And uh, I would never say that to his face. <laughs> and he's probably he's probably listening as well, so I take it back. Yeah. I didn't turn at all. Um, but yeah, no, we just had a good chat and a catch up, and we always sort of chat over, you know, what we're doing and how things are going with work, and because he's somewhat into fitness, um, I suppose. Um, obviously, having me as a coach, you'd have to be you'd have to be well into fitness. Well actually. into fitness. Um, so yeah, we were just talking about <laughs> we were just talking about stuff and, and life and stuff, and he just sort of, yeah, we just sort of said oh, how things going and like you know what what plans have you got and stuff and I just realized I just don't have any I just don't have any plans for like I suppose the future or what it holds and I think when we chatted about it we realized it's because over the last three years I would never have seen myself in the position I'm in now that kind of thing like you just wouldn't ever have thought you would get to this place it's just a case of being self-employed and we talked about sort of being self-employed and and having a certain mindset for it and just some people just aren't just aren't right for being self-employed because you have to be able to work hard. You have to, um, be self-motivated. You have to be intrinsically motivated, all this sort of stuff. Um, and it was just interesting chat really about it all. And it just got me thinking that you were sort of talking about, oh, you know, in five years time, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to be doing. Like I've got no idea, but that's also doesn't bother me because I know that five years ago, I never thought I would be here. So I don't really stress too much about, you know, where I'm going to be. Um, but we were chatting about, I suppose, where where the future lies, I suppose. And I was talking about how I think when you get to a certain point with fitness and nutrition, you don't need to learn any more about fitness and nutrition. Like for me, it's about becoming better with business or understanding business a bit better or helping other people understand their business or fitness or nutrition and how to do all that sort of stuff rather than like doing a PhD or, you know, learning more about flipping mitochondrial biogenesis and that sort of shit. Like, no one cares. Mate, that's what I get off on. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, because obviously we talked about you as well a little bit, and we talked about, obviously, like, the workshop. Oh, my ears were burning. Talked about, like, <laughs> I suppose, with you, how I suppose you're going down, you know, the education route and more you with... Suppose. 
with what with third space it's not just about doing pt right it's 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 doing that next step and going to the next the next thing you want to do and it was just it was just interesting just talking about it because i just thought we've never really i suppose chatted about it chatted about it um me and, and you or me and your client no me and you like oh, right. i suppose in terms of you know like i i, I think like future goals and, and where people want to be and i'm not saying like we should talk about it because again i don't think i like i said i don't know like i've got no clue but it was just an interesting chat because um I just, yeah, you know, I just wondered what your thoughts were, Tom, and where you see yourself in five uh, years. I see myself in five to ten doing years. A, doing an hour and a half commute every day? No, definitely not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be buying the, uh, the the flat next door, clearly, to where am I working. I'm just not working. Just not working. That's my plan. Um, have enough residual income that I don't have to work. That'll be that, the plan. Um, I mean, that, that, <laughs> that sounds like a foolproof plan, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like, the educational route, 100%. Um, especially within CPD, it's, um, I love training clients hundred percent. I'm good at it. Like, yeah, humble, humble brag there, but yeah. there's a, there's a certain amount of, I like speaking in front of people and sometimes they listen only sometimes. And for some reason, some of the crap that I come out with uh, people apply every now and again or seem to take notes on so that's the kind of stuff that I do like doing but then I, I feel like I mean we have briefly chatted about this Dan obviously you've you've forgotten thanks mate um, in terms of uh, <laughs> in terms of probably mentoring probably the future will be bigger in that um, not in not in like an applied sense of we're gonna get you leads yeah let's do that like because the fact is that me and Dan, well, both of us have had full client lists for a while, and retention is quite high. I'd say our retention rates are probably top, I don't know, 1% in the industry, and there's got to be a reason for that, and probably we need to be able to discuss with trainers that want that kind of retention rate what mm. we're doing and how we're, how we're applying that and what's happening, and that's probably where the route should be. In terms, that's outside of third space, I guess. Um, so maybe over the next five years, there'll be more stuff with you and myself um, mm. in terms of mentoring coaches and mentoring trainers would be the ideal route. And we we've discussed this before. It's probably the route that we probably should go down. And yeah, I think I think it's so. I think it's one of those things like you said about the leads and stuff. I think there's a lot of people out there who are a lot lot better at that than than, oh, than I would be. Like, or than you know than you would be, but I, you know it's interesting just talking to, to I said my client and like this this year I've I've invested already so far two two thousand pound in courses in just that's just two courses a thousand pound each. I have no um, idea how much third space have invested in my courses. Uh, yeah, like <laughs> but, but again like most but but the, the the thing about those courses is that neither of them are about nutrition. Yeah. Neither of them. Um, they're about understanding i suppose a business understanding how certain things work within a business um to make things better but but like you said like i i've i'm not going to tread on people's toes in terms of saying that i will work with people to get them better leads or to make them have you know give them a better business like plan or anything like that but i tell you what we can do our strength in terms of mentoring is we can absolutely make someone the best coach they can possibly be by going through with them what it takes to coach why you you know what things you need to fundamentally focus on what you know your overarching i suppose work ethic needs to be like 
all these sorts of things that people you can't teach people in a group environment or in a course it that requires one-to-one like actual solid work and um i've actually got one client um that is working with me directly just with that now as like a bit of i suppose a bit of a test almost a bit of a a dip in the turn the water with it and then two of my other clients who i do the nutrition and training for i also help them with that side of things and being better at coaching and stuff. And it is literally like we chat on the phone. I go, well, this stuff's worked for me. Um, and I've not fucked up on it. So maybe try it <laughs> because it seems pretty foolproof. foolproof. It's not what it isn't is going, Oh, spend 500 pound on Facebook ads and see what happens. Um, <laughs> like, you know, like all like the ads. See on. It's funny. Isn't it? Isn't it? I just find it so funny as well. Like you always go on Facebook and I always see Facebook ads for people telling me how they can make more money for me or Facebook ads. And I'm like, hmm, how ironic is this? Are you just going to tell me to tell other people how to make fake money on Facebook ads? <laughs> like, you know, you just think, I just think fucking see them all the time. I got hit with a bunch of like Instagram and Facebook ads. This, I think it was today as well. And it was like that. And I was like, why, why is this person targeting me? How have I come up in this person's like, do you, yeah. you need more clients as personal trainer? Uh, it's like, yeah, well, that, they're, mate, they're really going for it. Like, they're really going for it now because a lot. Of they, I think they know that a lot of personal trainers are desperate for clients, right? I think that's the the thing, and I think that's the one thing, like you said, in terms of mentoring that that I think we we would help with or we would go into is is that side of things, is to teach people how to actually be a good coach and, like you said, not have to get loads and loads of leads because you retain your clients. Like like I just said, like I've had a client from from B Ten Days. That's when I first yeah, yeah. did online coaching. Like that's we're talking. This is when I was at third space, like just fucking ages ago. Um, you know, still my client and, and gone, you know, still still doing all those things. And um, I think it's one of those things where it's that stuff is important. Like again, just looking at my clients now, I've got three that have been with me for over two years. I've got another four there that have been with me for nearly two years like 18 months going on to two years easy because they're still on old like old pricing that i've got so that's how i know do you know what i mean like they've been with me for, for such a long time and um yeah i just think there's elements to that which again like i know if you were personal training you've still got some clients you train now that when you used to train from before oh yeah i've, um, I've, I've, I've got clients that i've had for five six years and I had a client that when I trained at third space, as soon as I left, he didn't want to train with anyone else. And I did online training with him for two years. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, it's one of those things where that skill in itself means you don't have to stress and worry about brand new leads all the time. And I think that there's this obsession with wanting new leads and new inquiries all the time. And actually, if you put your focus into your current clients, they shout about you and you don't need to, to stress as much. 100%. Again, like the amount of clients I've had this year off the back of a couple of my clients just talking about their progress and how they've never achieved this success before ever, but now they have, um, that is, it's been amazing. And, and, and like you say, talking about your client stories and showing the world what, what, what you helped them achieve and, and, and being open about it as well, I think is, is, is huge. I think people worry about trying to find a silver bullet all the time. Silver bullet. Probably not silver one, golden bullet. Gold's better than silver, but silver bullet sounds better. So yeah. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just think they're trying to look for that magic thing that just doesn't exist, and that's where they look at these, you know, these ads for stuff, and and that's where you know maybe in the future they'll be, you know, we'll be able to help people more with with yeah, understanding. I think, coaching. I think, yeah, especially with, that's that's what me and you probably do. Um, myself, first base, first base is growing like hell, so. 
I will probably be intertwined into something with them, um, especially within course creation and content writing with uh, our very own Mr. Josh Silverman. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, I might be tired with him for a while, especially with some of the stuff that we're looking at doing. Um, especially, well, and if uh, over the next couple of years, the, we could see that maybe all of the courses that we run first base wise may not be just internal um there might be the possibility of doing these externally so um so yeah well that could be exciting um 100 a bit more maybe traveling around te- coaching the first base way to other people the third space as long as you as long as you don't have to travel a longer than an hour and a half uh, longer than an hour and a half that's my radius so <laughs> if i get to stay overnight somewhere Fine. Uh, oh, that's all right. It's got to be like a spa hotel, though. Yeah, it's got yeah, to be exactly. a spa. One. That's, I'm, I'm, if anybody's hiring us out for just a day rate and then expect me to come back from down in the day, nah, nah, that's not happening. Um, no, no, you got to pay for the hotel as well. <laughs> Definitely a hotel. Don't mind where it is. Not, not fancy. This is fine. Um, <laughs> give us a te- just a bed, a bed, please, so I can nap. Uh, <laughs> Easily pleased. Nap- naps are important to me. Big time. Uh, yeah. Clearly. <laughs> All right, mate. We've gone over my like, time of 40 minutes. Well, it's about half Yeah, you need to get to bed, mate. Come on, you've got an early start tomorrow. I do have an early start. I've got a long day tomorrow as well. I'm catching up with uh, Mr. Andrew Johnston, who's back in oh, the country yeah. as well. Um, we're move, moving to Australia very soon. So I might go over to Australia maybe next year. I didn't know that, but yeah, sure. That's a long, that's a long commute. Yeah, that's a big commute as well, yeah. Mm. He works at the gym. I'm not sure you survive that one, mate. (laughs) Fine. Um, Yeah, it should be fun. We've got cricket. It's good. It's a good week-ish. Nice, mate. Well, enjoy it. I hope you're not too tired (laughs) by the end of it. I've got to go pick this up, mate. Um, Yeah, I won't be. Any other... What's what's, what's happening your weekend? Nothing? Nothing, mate. Don't worry about it. Oh, oh, I saw a good... uh, That was... That's what I wanted to tease you about. I didn't... I'm so tired I didn't even bother giving you any banter about the... um, You were swimming and you were very red. I'm I, I'm red most of the time because um, it's too sunny. And then uh, were you doing some sort of like Baywatchy hair flick when you were getting out of uh, yeah Laura film Laura film <laughs> yeah. yeah it was it was like dandy Baywatch and like coming out of you know how you you're you're underneath the water and then you come out and you flick your hair back and get out of your eyes and like yeah it was, and and it, it was, was it was so good it was unreal. it was supposed to be ironic yeah. mate because I didn't have any hair. Yeah, yeah, but it was just the fact that you couldn't get the water out of your eyes and your face. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't even bother me about the hair. I was like, I get I get that, but it was just kind of like, Dan Clays had done this very often, he was like, I've got so much water in my face. <laughs> now I know why they go straight back. <laughs> yeah, I went to the side, and actually on one of my eyes, it didn't all come out, and I was like, oh, that really hurts. <laughs> Yeah. Not my finest hour. No, it was good. It was nice. You're human, mate. That's your human side. What can I say? <laughs> Alright, mate. I'm going to put my cold brew coffee back in the fridge because uh, it's kept me awake to speak to you, unfortunately. Worth it, mate, isn't it? Worth it. Worth every second. Um, you get sleep, mate. Yeah, I will. <laughs> I've got my long commute in the morning. Um, <laughs> Alright, thanks for listening and we will catch you next week. See you later.